Well, hey, everybody, and a very big welcome to you. You're joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. My name is Pastor Craig, and we've been in a series entitled Faith, Hope, and Love. And today, as you join us from wherever you are in the world, we are coming to the culmination, the final message of what God has been showing us around faith, hope, and love. Before we jump in and welcome you and those in the room, I just want to say a quick prayer and pray and make sure that our hearts and minds are open to what God has got in store for us today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are our God. We thank you that you have provided teachings, you have provided your word, you have provided people in our lives that can help us, grow us, and shape us. Father, we continue to keep our minds and our hearts wide open to you. Holy Spirit, you are amazing, and we thank you for being our leader and our guide as you guide us and lead us to be more like Jesus Christ. We pray blessings over every word spoken tonight from around the world, wherever people are joining today, that this word changes their lives and they become closer to you. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, a big welcome to you again. If you are here in the room, thank you so very much for coming and being with us today as we continue the series, Faith, Hope, and Love. We spent two weeks on faith, and we had a look, and we said that faith was that, that thing that gets us up, that ignites us, that gets us going, that gets us started and moving. Hope was, was what would keep us going. Once we were moving, we'd have hope to keep enduring, to keep going on, to keep pressing through, to continue to live, and to continue to have that spark, to get up every day and keep pushing through. And finally, we had a look at love. We started understanding what love was last week. Was Love was an enduring story that's told not only of God's love for us, but also our love for others. And, and really, when we have a look at that scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says that these three things will remain, namely faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And then we had a look at 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3, and we saw what God has given us because of what He's expecting from us. Remember, we said that no matter what He does, He will never ever expect something from us without giving us the wherewithal to do what He is asking of us. And if He's asking for faith, and He's asking for hope, and He's asking for love, well, then He's going to give us certain things to make sure that we can walk out in faith, hope, and love. And 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3 shows that He's going to allow us to get a work done through the faith that He gives us. He's going to get some endurance through the hope that He gives us. And there's going to be a testimony, a story, a labor that we're going to have because of the love that He gives us. Faith is the ignition. Hope is the fuel and love is the ultimate destination. We're going to jump straight in today as we take a final look at what it means to walk out the love that God has given us. And we're going to jump straight in. If you have your Bibles with you, if you are looking at the Version notes or the notes on the platform, you just click on the notes tab and you'll be able to follow along with me as we journey through Scripture and unpack the last part of, of this love of God. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31, was really a big revelation for me this week. Now, you might be going, I know that scripture. I know that scripture well. How could it have been a big revelation? That's a well-known scripture. Well, something jumped out for me, and I wanted to share that with you as we read from Mark chapter 12, verse 29 to 31. It says this, 
Jesus answered. Answered who? He answered the scribes and the Pharisees who had asked him, what was the greatest command? What was the most important thing that we could be doing with this, this relationship with the Father? And Jesus answered them this and says, the first and most important thing is this. Now, you're probably jumping already and going, love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, right? That's probably where you're jumping to. But hang on. Jesus says something pretty crucial before he gets there. Have a look. It says this. The the, the most important thing is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. The Lord your God is one Lord. That's the most important thing, he says. And then he says, and then... As a result of knowing that your God is one God, have a look at what he says further in verse 30. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. God will never expect something from us unless He's already given us that which we need to do, that which we need to get that expectation fulfilled. So He's saying to you, He's going to give you something. I am one God. I am complete. I am whole. I am all truth. I will never fail. I am one God. I am one Lord. And because I give you that... You will be able to love me with your whole heart, mind, soul, and body. And the second thing you'll be able to do is love others unselfishly. You see, when we have a look at that scripture, the very first thing that Jesus says, the most important thing that he says that we need to get right, is we need to be able to receive the completeness of who God is. We need to be able to receive His complete love. Adam and Eve couldn't receive His complete love when they stepped out of the garden because they were so riddled with guilt, self-condemnation, and shame that they couldn't believe that God could still love them. They couldn't feel that love. They couldn't appreciate the complete love of God in their lives. And as a result, they turned away from God and were unable to respond to His love They were unable to respond to his love. And Cain and Abel showed that when we step away from loving God, we also break down in loving others. So you see, when we get to a place where we don't appreciate the wholeness, the completeness, the oneness, the wonder, the truth of who God is to us, we will always fail at loving God back and loving others as a result. But what have we made it? We've jumped to doing the command before we've received what we've expect, been expected to do. I remember one day I was in the fire brigade and we were doing some basic training. And uh, the officer told me that there was a fire over there, a, a, a mock fire, and I needed to get out there and extinguish it. And I ran because I, I thought that I had everything with me before I went. And I ran and I got to this, this, this little barrel that was burning in the courtyard where we were training. And it just had a small fire in it. And I realized I'd run with the hose, but I didn't have the nozzle. I didn't have any ability to, to clip onto the hose and, and put the fire out with, with the equipment. I'd left the nozzle back at the fire engine. I had gone on to do the command before I had received the equipment. 
I had, I had gone on to perform the expectation without realizing what equipment I had been given to fulfill the expectation. And we do that all the time, even with the scripture in Mark chapter 12. What is the greatest command? Oh, that we love God and we love others. We've jumped onto the expectation before we realize what equipment we need to be able to fulfill that expectation. And what equipment has God given us? He's given us this, the most important thing, Jesus said, that he is one God. What does that one God mean? It means that God is complete. It means that God is true. It means that God is never changing. It means that God is whole. It means that God remains forever. It means that God is to be trusted. Whatever God has said about you, you need to receive as truth. That's what Jesus was saying to the scribes and the Pharisees. He wasn't saying, go out and do a command. He wasn't saying, go out and say, you must go and do. He was saying, first sit back and receive the wonder of what a one God, what a one Lord, what a complete, true God is. Receive the wonder of a God whose promises are always fulfilled. Receive the wonder of a God that loves you. Receive first. Pick up your equipment first. And then, Scripture says, you will love your God. And then you will be able to love others. The most important thing we can do with the love of God is to know that He is a true God, a real God. He is a complete God. He's not going to go away. He's always going to love us. He's always going to be working out for the good for you. He's always got your back. And when we can fully, without condemnation, without guilt, without doubt, when we can fully receive all that He is, one Lord... Then, Scripture says, we'll be able to go out and do. Jesus told us that the expectation was that, hey, you need to love God and you need to love others. God will never expect something from you unless He has already given it to you. What did He give to us? Himself. One God, complete, whole, no lies, no deceptions, built on the rock, stable, always sure, promises always come to be, word never returns void kind of God. That's the kind of gift he gives us. You see, God doesn't just say, I'm, I'm good for this group of people, or I'm good for that kind of people. No, he is one God, which means he is complete. He's good for everybody. And if we have a look at the makeup of God, if we're to receive the love, the completeness of who God is in our lives, well, we better understand what the makeup of God is that loves us. Now, we know from Scripture that there are fundamentally three major elements to who God is. The first is God the Father, which we read about mostly in the Old Testament. We, we kind of think that we know God the Father because we read about Him in the Old Testament, well, he's, he's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever, and He will always be who He's been. And He's a loving, awesome God that's willing to go to any length to make sure that He and you have a relationship. He wants to have a relationship with you. And He will stop at nothing to make sure that you and Him can have a relationship. He will even give of His only begotten Son to make sure that you can have a relationship with Him. So there's God the Father. 
Then we know that, that Jesus Christ came and, and we call Jesus God the Son. And finally, we know that there's somebody that God, Jesus promised after he left earth called God the Holy Spirit. There's fundamentally three parts to this God that are, is one. These three parts don't make him divisive, don't split him up. No, Jesus said the most important thing is that you realize that if you've seen the Holy Spirit, you've seen Jesus. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. There is one Lord, there is one God in complete completeness, in, in absolute unity, in absolute awe. They are, they are working together all the time. They are not leaving a piece behind or a thought behind or the Holy Spirit says one thing and Jesus does another. Uh, Jesus thinks that the Father meant this when he said that. Have you ever worked in a human team where you think you're all together in unity and you've got a mission statement and you're walking towards it and then you realize that, well, this person didn't quite get what you meant and this one doesn't understand what... No, well, with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that never happens. They are in unity all the time, in complete Unity. When I say incomplete unity, I don't mean incomplete one word. I mean incomplete unity. They are completely at one with one another. They are one Lord. Why is that so special to understand? Well, if we have a look at the different elements of each one of those beings have of love, we can put them all together and get a complete picture of the love that we are to receive. If we know that God is love, well, we kind of think God is love because he gave his only begotten son. Well, God's love is so big that he loves everybody. Remember that scripture says, for God so loved the world. Any human being that's ever lived on the face of this planet or ever will live on the face of this planet is loved by God. That is how broad God the Father's love is for them. And we know that he loves us because John 3:16 says that he absolutely loves the world. Anybody and everybody in it. Not just the goody two-shoes Christian who has what would Jesus do around his wrist and color-coordinated markers in their Bible. No, no, he loves everybody. He doesn't want anybody to lose their life without him. He loves them and he wants to know them, everybody. That's God the Father's kind of love, globally. And then he sent his only begotten Son, and according to Scripture, and according to Scriptures like John 17, Jesus prayed that his disciples, those who choose him, and we know according to Ephesians chapter 5, when it describes a husband and a wife, that the husbands are to love their wife like Jesus loves the church. Jesus is the leader of the church. And through choosing Jesus, we become a chosen group of people that have chosen Jesus. And as a result of choosing Jesus and becoming part of the church, we now understand the global love of the Father. It's a stepping stone. When we see God loving each other and loving us in the church, we begin to appreciate that God also loves everybody. There's no divisiveness. There's no exclusiveness with God's love. He loves everybody. But we needed to see Jesus loving a group of chosen people to be, under, to be able to understand God loving all the people. And so we've got God the Father who loves everybody. We've got Jesus the shepherd who takes care of his church. And we've got the Holy Spirit making sure that as many people get to Jesus as humanly possible. 
And so these three are operating in a world of trying to make sure that everybody knows the love of God. The Father loves the world. Jesus Christ calls the world unto him, and the Holy Spirit makes sure that the world get to see Jesus. The Holy Spirit is working on every single one of us, believer or not, all the time to point us to Jesus so that we can have a relationship with the Father and get a picture of the global love that God has for every human being. Why do we need to get a picture of the global love that, that he has for every human being? So that we can have love for every human being. Isn't it true that what we expected to do is to love everybody, to love our neighbors? Well, if we don't get a picture of how God can even love his enemies, how can we ever walk out loving ours? You see, we need to understand, be responsive to the Holy Spirit, step forth in that first moment when the Holy Spirit calls us, in faith, we need to step up and say, I am willing. I don't know what I'm willing to, I just, I'm willing. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move. And the Holy Spirit steps us up in a moment of faith. Remember, we're discussing faith, hope, and love. The Holy Spirit steps us up in a moment of faith to step up and learn about Jesus. And when we step up and we say, I'm willing to step up and learn about Jesus, I'm stepping into this group of chosen people called the church, Jesus' body on the earth, Jesus' group that he loves dearly. And I step into this realm of belonging to Jesus. And now I've been introduced by the Holy Spirit to Jesus. And Jesus, in turn, teaches us, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, he teaches us about the Father. And so what do we do? We find that we step up in faith with the Holy Spirit. We step into the church, which is the hope of the world, with Jesus. And we step into the eternal, everlasting, complete, I am one Lord, love of the Father. And so these three things remain. Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God the Father, faith, hope, and love. These three things remain. But the greatest thing, the greatest revelation you're going to have is to see the love of the Father. But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to journey with Jesus to arrive at the Father. No one comes to me except, comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says. What is me? The hope that the Father loves us. The hope that the Father has a life for us of abundance. The hope of the promise of the Father. And that has been fulfilled through the complete revelation of Jesus to man. You see, Jesus came to show that what the Holy Spirit had been trying to get people to do all those generations was real. He came to completely reveal the Father to man. Now, I hope you're keeping up. I hope you're following me because as we begin to understand this complete cycle of God's love, complete cycle of God's love, we begin to understand that, hey, this complete cycle of God's love is the one Lord that Jesus spoke about in Mark when he spoke about the love of the Father. It's the one Lord. Remember, Jesus was asked, what is the most important? That you realize that there's not an aspect or a person in this world that is not under the governance or is journeying towards God's love. The believer is in the church. He's journeying towards God's love. The unbeliever is yearning and is being steered by the Holy Spirit towards God's love. There isn't an aspect of this world that God the Father isn't one Lord over. 
And we're not talking about the king. No, we're talking about the fact that he, there's not one aspect of his entire situation, of the entire world, that's not being brought into God's love. Everybody is being challenged to find God's love, to discover the completeness of God in their lives. They might not call it Jesus where you live. They might call him something else. But that something else is part of a process of discovering this Jesus. They might have given it a different name, but they haven't yet found the completeness yet. And when they do, then they will give it the name, Jesus. And you see, when we, when we start having a look at this complete cycle for the world, the complete cycle is true for you and me on my personal level. There isn't an aspect of my life that's not being brought into harmony with the love of God. Because I'm slowly but surely allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal me to me the completeness of God in my life. The completeness of God over my finances. The completeness of God over my marriage. The completeness of God over my parenting. I'm in a journey all the time of stepping out in faith, walking in hope, so that the fullness, the love of God can be completely revealed to me. And as I begin on this personal cycle, there's not one area of my life that's not covered by faith, hope, and love. There's not one area of the world that's not covered by the journey of faith, hope, towards the love of God. So Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to really be able to love God and love others, get an understanding of the completeness of who the Father is. Didn't he say in Mark that the most important thing is to know that God is one Lord. In other words, if you've seen elements of God in Jesus or the Holy Spirit or the Father, He is one Lord. Everything you've seen about love is from the Father, one Lord. And when you can put aside your guilt, guilt, shame, and condemnation, and you can completely and utterly step into and bask in the completeness of God in your life and in the world... Jesus then says, and then you will be able to. And you will be able to. What? Two things. Love God with your whole mind, with your whole body, or strength, and with your whole soul. And you'll be able to love your neighbor unselfishly. You see, we jump far too quickly to understanding or trying to get to doing the work of loving God. We jump far too quickly to jump to getting to work on loving others. And then when we find someone that we just feel it's impossible to love, we wonder if we are actually loved by God. The first thing Jesus is asking us to do is make sure that every single part of you is completely exposed to the love of God, the one Lord, one complete, true, genuine Lord, that will never, ever fail you. And when you get that into your gut, when you get that into your psyche, when you get that into your whole process of living, watch your ability to worship God, watch your ability to love on God, watch your ability to concentrate on God, just take up a step after step after step. And watch your ability to naturally love others and let that love just flow from you happen so naturally. You'll even be able to love your enemies naturally. It won't be a challenge to do that. When we have a look at this revelation, this complete revelation of God to man, 
If we're talking about understanding God in His completeness, there's only one place we need to look to be able to understand God in His completeness. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was that full revelation of God to man. If we want to understand the complete revelation of God, we need to look and understand the full revelation of Jesus to us. You see, Jesus said, it was said of this, that, that Jesus as the man obviously received the revelation of who he was. He was baptized, and the Holy Spirit came down upon him and said, Hey, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus had a revelation through the Holy Spirit of who he was, of who God was in his life. So first of all, Jesus received the revelation. And once he had received the revelation, he got a purpose to go and love on others, to go and see blind eyes open, the deaf hear, the downtrodden raised up. You see, as soon as he received the completeness of God in his life, he was able to go and be the revelation of God to others. Am I making sense? I hope you're with me at home. Because this is really pivotal. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says of Jesus that he grew in stature or in status or, or with God and with man. He grew in God. It's a journey of receiving this complete revelation. But as he grew with God, receiving the love, he was able to grow with men, giving the love. Did you get that? It says there, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. He grew in favor with God as he received the love, and he grew in favor with people as he gave that love out. Well, that was good for Jesus. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was God. He could see God because he was God, and he could give of God because he knew God so intimately. That's why you could do it. It's really difficult in my situation, Pastor Craig. It's really difficult to do that, really, because you know what? I've had this happen to me, and I've had that happen to me, and I've done this in my life, and, and I don't quite see the picture of God. I, whenever I look towards God, I see a picture of my earthly father full of faults and issues, and, and I've got concerns and problems. And Have you ever had that conversation about your walk with God that you can't seem to fully appreciate who he is? Because of all the things that have happened to you? Well, Jesus came to be the full revelation of God to man, but also how to do the full revelation of God to man. Because it says for us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, this, Love has been perfected amongst us and in us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we. So as Jesus was the full revelation of God to man, so are we. As Jesus received the full revelation and was able to be the full revelation, so are we. As we receive the full revelation of Jesus and God in our lives, we will be able to be the full revelation of God to others. The revelation of God is this. God is love. That's the revelation you need to have in your individual capacity, in your individual life. Just as He is, so are we. We are to receive the complete love of God. And you can have a look at that in Mark chapter 12 and verse 29. We are to receive that full revelation of God in our lives before we can 
be the full revelation. If you're having difficulty with people in your life, you're not growing in stature with man, maybe you should look at growing in stature with God and watch the stature with God impact the stature with man. If you are having difficulty in relationship with your husband or your wife, go back and have a look at your relationship with God because when you receive the full revelation of who God is in your life, you'll be able to walk out the full revelation of who God is with others. You see, when we have a look at these things of being Jesus and walking out like Jesus, this is what it means. It means that we receive the revelation to give the revelation. Have a look at what it says, how it puts it in Mark chapter 12. We read it earlier. Mark chapter 12 says, And then you will be able to love your God and love others. How will we be able to love God? With our whole mind, our whole soul, and our whole strength. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5, it says it like this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So if I am first to receive the revelation of God to me, the love in my life that He has for me, and the next step is for me to love God with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength, that's the first step, and once I get that right, so receive and love back, naturally I'll be able to love others. I don't have to work on loving others because I'll be so in awe of this transaction that this transaction to others will be easy. Okay? Well, if we have to love with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole strength, what does that mean? We'll have a look at Proverbs 4, verse 23, when we talk about whole heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Watch over what you put into your heart, the complete revelation of God, because out of it will flow to others the springs of life. Do you understand now why the scripture in 1 Thessalonians, our application scripture to this series, shows us that we will have a labor to do with the love we receive? As we labor with God, it's a labor for others. We show God our love for Him by loving others. We don't show God our love for Him. No, He just wants us to receive His love and obviously love Him back with our whole soul, mind, and body. But we demonstrate that by loving others. God smiles not when you get that he, you love, you're loved by Him, but that when you get that you're loved by Him to love on others. That's when God smiles. So when you have a look at the Scripture, God, what God puts into your heart, because out of it will flow the loving of others. Here's how Jeremiah 31, 33 puts it. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Talking about when Jesus finally comes. I will put my law within them. I will put my law within them. I will put my word within them. I will put my full revelation of who I am in them. No, no, they're not going to have to work to get my full revelation. No, Jesus will come and I will automatically put my law within them. I will put my love within them. I will put my peace within them. I will put my joy within them. I will put my love in them. The completeness of who I am will go into them. 
And then what will happen? I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God. They will respond by loving me. And then have a look. And they will be my people. Did you get that? When I have the complete revelation of God put in my heart, I will love God, and I will be amongst people that I want to love. And that is how I will be His people. By their love that they have amongst themselves, you will be my disciples. You see, when we receive that love into our hearts from God, we will automatically declare Him God and want to see who God is working in other people. That's the labor of love that First Thessalonians refers. So if we understand that God will pour out all who He is and write it on our heart, and we need to protect that, receive that, orientate our lives towards that, accept that, work in that, just by doing that, just by accepting the love of God, you are telling Him that you are, He is your God. Just by accepting, just by putting on the t-shirt, you're part of the team. And once you're part of the team, you're now part of the people who are to go out and tell the rest of the people about your captain, your team leader, your Jesus, and the love of God. What about the soul? Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 says that God breathed into man and he became a living soul, a living being. So everything about the heart is what God pours into your heart. It's not about what you've put in your heart. It's not about what you store in your heart. It's about the law of God, the word of God that is put into your heart. Being open and willing to accept the promises of God into your heart. Your soul is what you think about that. Your soul is what will either have objection to the word of God being placed in your heart or acceptance of what God has placed in your heart. You'll either be able to decide that you can walk in the healing that God has already placed on the inside of you, or you will reject the healing that God has already placed on the inside of you. It's, it's all to do with your emotions, how you are being with what you have been given. Does that make sense? God breathed into the soul and He became a living being. It's what you do with the breath of God in your life. You can choose to live life with what God has breathed into you and be all He has breathed into you, or you can choose to be mediocre and operate in a, in a sense of mediocrity with what God has given you. The choice is completely yours. But when you are completely aware of what God has breathed into you, your soul will choose to respond to in all that you are back to God. If we are to love God with our passions, our hungers, our perceptions, and our thoughts, but we are also to love Him with how we talk, what we do with our hands, how we utilize our talents, what we think about, our thought life, who we are when no one's looking, who we are when no one's looking, with our addictions, with our habits, that's what the soul controls. And all the Lord is asking you to do Open your heart so He can pour all He is on the inside of you into your heart and then adjust your minds to what He's placed on the inside of you. Don't adjust your minds to what's on the outside of you, what you can feel, what you can touch, what you can snort, what you can push up your veins. Don't, don't think about those things. Dwell on what He's already placed in your heart. 
Dwell on the goodness of what He's already put there. Dwell on the love that He's already put there. And watch your mind start responding to life by being all that God has already placed on the inside of you. And finally, He asks us, please respond with all your strength. Now, the word strength in the Deuteronomy version of that scripture means your very. It means very. It doesn't mean your physical or your flesh. No, it doesn't mean your money in that. It, it just means your very. And in the Greek version of that, it means your wealth. So, so we are to respond to God with our veriness. Maybe we should put it like this. We respond to God with our everiness. We, we, we're to give Him anything and everything that we call resource. Not just money. Uh, we've often quoted that scripture that strength must mean wealth. Well, wealth must mean money. Please, let's pass the buckets so that we can worship God with our strength. No, that's not what God's referring to. He's going, whatever you've got as a resource, time, talent, treasure, whatever it is, use it to love on others. Your strength is what you're going to need some hope for. To keep the strength, to keep going in your veriness, in that, in that sense of passion that you stood up with, you want to walk out every day with. And the only thing that's going to degrade that veriness, that, that passion, is other people. People will wear you down. People will make comments that aren't true. People will say things about you. And as they, people wear you down, your strength deteriorates. What does that mean? It means you don't want to be with other people anymore. You don't want to be around other people. You might start withdrawing. You might feel that you're depressed or you're not good enough, so you withdraw. Why? Because these people are robbing you of your strength, your resources, who you are in expressing who God is on the inside of you. And that's why we need Jesus to keep going, to keep saying, to keep preaching, to keep on going with people. That's why we need the hope to encourage us to have endurance because we're going to need some strength pick-me-ups, some, some Christian Red Bull to keep us going, to get us keep, keep fueled to love on other people even though they despise us. Where was the best example of where somebody loved other people even though they despised them? Jesus, because Jesus is the hope that will give you endurance to continue loving other people as an expression of what God has revealed to you and placed on the inside of you. You see, Jesus got the revelation and he was willing to walk out the revelation with his whole soul, his whole spirit, his whole everything. He was willing to walk out that revelation even though people despised him and hated him. Love him with your veriness. Love him with everything you've got. Because he's placed on the inside of you a revelation of love that will and can change not only your world, but the whole world. Because for God so loved the whole world that he sent his only begotten son. Love him with your time, your talent, and your treasures. But above all, all that you need to know, says Jesus, the most important thing that you can get from that scripture of how to love God and love others is this, let him love you. Let him come on the inside of you and tell you a story that's completely different to the twisted story 
that the world or you might be telling yourself. Let him tell you how he sees you. Let him tell you how he loves you. Let him tell you. Stop having excuses. Stop telling him all the bad things that should stop him loving you. And just let him love you. Just receive that full revelation of love into your life. And you will find that naturally you will want to give from your soul, from your strength, from your body, from your mind, from your everything, you'll want to give it back to the Father. And how do we give it back to the Father? By loving other people like He loves you. This is the key to faith, hope, and love. And this is the reason why love is the greatest. Because if I can have the full revelation of the love of God in my life, I'm willing to stand up in faith and get up and go. And I will have the endurance and the hope that's needed to keep going. Because if I can keep going, I can keep reflecting this epic love story that exists in my life from God. And if I can keep on loving God and being loved by God and not let Satan taint that love, I can step up in faith, walk in hope, and love a God that loves me. And so the cycle just keeps going. These three things will always remain if we remain in the love that is the greatest. Receive the revelation of who God is. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 in your life. And then you'll be able to see the God and love the God that is in your life. Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. And as a result, you'll want to give your everything to love others, even though they're your enemy. Mark chapter 12, verse 31. This is the story of the love of God. For he first loved you before you loved him. Receive his love first. Know that you are loved. And then you will be able to return the compliment and love others. Let's pray together as we get ready to go to the Lord's table and receive the elements that we call communion. And I'll take you through that in a few moments after this prayer. Father, we thank you so very much that we can come together here in this room and from wherever we are in the world and just receive the revelation of who you are in love. And once we can receive that revelation, we can go out and likewise do to others. Just as Jesus was in this world, so are we. So we come to you now, Father, and we say we wish to receive the revelation so that we can be the revelation. We wish to receive all that you are so that we can tell others about who you are. We want to love other people. And in so doing, put up our hand and say the reason we love other people is because we love the Father. And the reason we can love the Father is because you have given us a full, complete revelation. You are one Lord in us. Father, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for making up this one God that loves us with completeness and in truth. We love you and we will go and love others because of who you are in our lives. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, if you're joining us for the first time, most midweek services that we have here at Victory Life Church, we try and take a moment and express the love that Jesus came to demonstrate of the Father to us in this process of revelation. And we do that demonstration by participating one with another in something that we call communion. It was a time when Jesus said to his disciples, will you please keep remembering who I am so that you can remember who the Father is? 
You need to know that Jesus doesn't want all the glory. He wants to point you to the global, complete love of the Father. He is a stepping stone towards you having a relationship with the Father and receiving the complete revelation of love of the Father in your life. And when he said, take, eat, and drink, it means that you are to consume this revelation. You are to take this revelation in. You are to take it into your bodies. And we use juice and water or, or, or bread and, and a stick of gum and a cup of coffee, whatever it is, to show that we consume the love of God. We are letting it on the inside of us. It's two parts to this revelation. It's two parts of this communion. The first is to know that Jesus' body was on the earth, that he became a man so that he could understand you. And the second was that he shed blood so that you would know that what he was saying was real and true. You see, Jesus came, and today if it's your first time or if you've done this kind of revelation many times, it doesn't matter. We want you to know that just by taking this piece of bread, a stick of gum, whatever you've got, and taking it into your body, you are saying, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want him to reveal to me who the Father is. And so take, eat, and know that the Father loves you and that he sent his only begotten Son so that you would know this revelation of the love of the Father. And after he was done teaching about his body, after he was done teaching, saying, I will die for you. After he's done teaching and saying, hey, I really will love you. And the Father, as much as it pains him sometimes to love you, he will always love you. As much as it will pain me to show you that I love you, I'm going to die for you. He was saying, you know, my body will be broken, but my blood will be shed to make a covenant that this will always be true. This wasn't just for his disciples that were around him at the time. This was for you and for me, everlasting. God's revelation of love to you will never stop. It will never end. All he's asking you to do is to do something with it. So take, drink in the revelation of Jesus' love for you and know that the Father loves you dearly and has promised to do so for the rest of eternity. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this journey through faith, hope, and love. If you didn't get the rest of the series, I really want to encourage you to download the Victory Life Church app from either one of the app stores, and you'll be able to go back and listen to any of these messages and get up to speed with what it means to live, stand up in faith, live in hope, and walk out the love of God to God and to others. Thank you so very much for joining us on this journey. We look forward to seeing you again soon here at Victory Life Church Online this weekend as we continue a series by Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, and then again, midweek services again next week. Be blessed, and I know that you will have received today a revelation that God loves you, and He loves you in completeness and wholeness, and nothing will ever stop Him loving you the way He does. You be blessed and we'll see you again soon.